Welcome in. It is your Wednesday live chat for the Masters. How good is that? My favorite hour of the week for my favorite week of the year. This is it. This is like my peak hour of the entire year. I hope we make it a good one. We're going to spend the next hour or so going through all the questions, concerns, or comments that are already in the chat and will continue to come in the chat, I'm sure. We are indeed presented by Jock Market. It's Stock Market DFS. They're throwing tons of money out there right now. You can buy, sell, trade shares of golfers. We have a power hour tonight. Joe Idonia and myself at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel are going to talk you through every square inch of that cash market. But for now... I guess let's just jump right into this. Paul McMurray says, hey, Rick, what are your thoughts on starting a build in the mid nines and including none of the top guys? Off the bat, that sounds very terrifying. Here is the cheat sheet over at rickrungood.com. Everything you see is from my website, rickrungood.com. You should probably just sign up. So you're starting at about, let's see here, um, can't lay-ish, and you're foregoing all the 10K guys, uh, Cam Smith, Jordan Speed, Xander Shoffley. I will tell you what, Paul, you'll be unique in that. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit too scary, right? This is the stickiest course history. You get the cream generally rising to the top. I, I don't want to say it's a no-cut event, but it's like kind of a no-cut event, right? But um, I, I think that's a very risky behavior, but it will make you certainly unique. Anyone you have warmed up on or cooled on this week? Yeah, so uh, the guy that I've warmed up on the most, I think, is Taylor Gooch. And that is because we can clearly see he is um, he's mispriced, right? He's $1,000 too expensive, but it's driving his ownership down to like 2%, 3%. I'll play it. Like I'll, I'll, I would rather uh, honestly eat that the thousand uh, dollars of, of him being too, too expensive for the ownership. Cause I think this of course is a pretty good setup for him. The guy that I'm cooling on. I think the answer is probably cam Smith for DFS purposes, just because he's likely to be one of the highest owned golfers on the slate. I have him about 24% owned right now. I, I, I think that there's so many great options in that range. I don't necessarily have to go with cam Smith moving on. Thoughts on Zach Johnson as the last man in uh, playing better as of late $12 single entry. That that's not, that's not my style. Christian. I, I, I prefer other guys over Zach Johnson, but um, I will not spend your money for you. Who is a high upside six K guy that you like? And when is the last time your site will rerun ownership? Yeah. So I've, I've done ownership projections uh, every morning for like the last four mornings. So these are updated as of like two hours ago. I do not envision anything that is going to change that. Uh, so I imagine I've run my final ownership here. 6K guys with high upside. Um, where's Cam Young? Is he 7,000? Okay, Cam Young is 7,000. So let's look at some 6,000. I don't mind Sepp Straka, right? So not only did he win at the Honda, but he had a top 10 of the players. That's a much more difficult field. He can hit it kind of far enough to get himself around here. Uh, outside of him, high upside, let's call it... Oh boy. Uh, okay. Gary Woodland. No, Gary Woodland's obviously the guy, right? So I've, I've, um, I've bet Gary Woodland this week, which is something I, I don't do. We can pull up his golfer profile. If I can spell his name, right. Um, I, I was running through the numbers and I can show you this. There are like, I think this is going to play really long this week. 
right? I think I think it's going to play closer to like 7,700 yards. The weather that we've already had uh, before this week on Tuesday, it's going to rain overnight Wednesday into Thursday morning. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to play fairly long. Gary Woodland's back to hitting it far. He's back to gaining strokes on approach. His putter's looking good enough. He's got a couple of really good finishes recently. I know he hasn't played well at Augusta National, but I'm kind of able to forgive it. If you go to the Holy Grail, click on stats, scroll down to the bottom and look at the last 40 rounds, you're going to notice there's only 10 golfers who are driving it over 310 yards and gaining a half a stroke per round. Gary Woodland is right here. 6,900 bucks, 311 yards off the tee on average over his last 40 and gaining about three quarters of a stroke or excuse me, two thirds of a stroke per round over those 40 rounds. It's a really good combination. There's only 10 guys on that list. They're right here. Bryson DeChambeau, Rory McIlroy, Cam Young, Luke List, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Will Zalatoris, JT, Adam Scott, and Gary Wood. Justin Thomas versus Scotty Scheffler for a one and done. Uh, will the number one player in the world be unpopular because he has won uh, much too recently and we're banking on JT on, on that JT looks too. Okay. So uh, I believe Justin Thomas will be the most popular golfer in one and done. The reason that I think that, so there is a site out there that I actually host my run and uh, run and done my one and done pool on. And hold on, let me get this here. Um, they show you kind of like the site wide picks before action locks. And I've been tracking this over the past couple of weeks where, um, this aligns with a lot of people's one and done. So Justin Thomas, as of right now, the most popular one and done selection this week, 21% of all entries, Cam Smith, number two, 20%. They're the only two golfers over 20%. John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson are three, four, and five. The only three golfers over 10%. I have Scotty Scheffler at about seven and a half percent for one and dones, which is a very, very low number. So that's how I look at it. Hey, Rick, uh, who do you like more in a GPP, Gary Woodland or HV3? Gary Woodland. Let's talk about amateurs. Any consideration for either Nakajima or Hagastat? Yeah, uh, Kita Nakajima, I prefer just a little bit, but there are even more variables when you get into the amateur side of things because like these guys are going to be shaking like leaves. It's, it's really hard to kind of quantify how they might play around a course like this. Hey, Rick, non-player related question. If you had $4,500 to use, would you make one lineup in the $4,444 Millimaker or 45 lineups in the 100 Millimaker? Uh, I would need to look at what the max entry is on both of those. I imagine uh, the 4,000, that's probably not even single entry. I don't know off the top of my head. I would look at that and I would look at what the, the 2X payout is and I would probably pick the one that gives me a... Uh, getting closer to the max number of entries. So for example, if I can get 45 lineups into the $100 and let's say they cap the $100 at 50 lineups or something like that, uh, but I could have one in the 4,000, but I could have eight lineups in the 4,000, I'd probably go with the 100. It's probably the way that I would do it. Happy Masters week. I'm looking to set some money on fire and hitting the showdown streets. Does your website have a showdown lineup builder? Uh, not yet, but soon. Hey, Rick, what, what would an updated model look like? Okay, so speaking of the model, uh, I don't necessarily remember what I did. Or actually, it's saved here, so I guess I remember what I did on, on Monday's show. So I did 18 rounds. That's pretty recent. <laughs> I did uh, heavily weighted on weighted strokes gate approach around the green putting. I did par. Okay. Let's run a different model. 
So here's what I would do now. Um, I still believe distance to be critically important, maybe more important. Let's go 30. I believe I would want to rely on either birdie or better or DraftKings points gained. I'll probably do DraftKings points gained. Let's put 20 there. So I've already used half my weights. I want approach play to be involved. And I want just a little bit around the green and putting just to complete that. So it leaves me with five points. I'll probably just rearrange my five points on weighted, uh, weighted strokes gained approach. I really, really want good ball strikers here. Uh, so this would change my number one golfer to be, oh boy, Justin Thomas. I actually think he might've been the number one guy on, on Monday. I don't know that for sure. Xander feels, feels a lot higher than he was. Cam Smith, number three, Rory, four, Victor, five, Neiman, Sam Burns, Hideki, Adam Scott, Cam Young. Cam Young is going to be, uh, quite a heavy bit of exposure for me. Uh, Hey Rick, out of these three. Who do you like best in the outright market? DJ, JT, or Brooks? God, I mean, we're splitting hairs here. Probably Brooks or JT. I don't know. I mean, they're all great. Um, DJ's worst surface is bent grass. Any concern? No. He won here two years ago. There's no way we're actually fading Joaquin Neiman just because he's playing with Tiger. High apex, long carry, great long irons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, no. So what I did is I didn't really change my exposure to him. I just got like less excited about it when I saw that he was playing with Tiger. I didn't actually change much. I mean, when I went to put a bet in on him, I probably... Um, I probably made it for like a couple bucks lower than I normally would have. But what I, I mean, you, you nailed it. You nailed it, TJ. The other thing is um, he's got all the comp course history too, right? Like if you just go for what I believe to be the three best comp courses, which are Kapalua, Mirfield Village, and Riviera, um, you're going to see a lot of common names here. You're going to see like Patrick Cantlay. You're going to see John Rahm, Cam Young actually, but that's only four rounds. Colin Morikawa. Here's Joaquin Neiman, 30 rounds. 1.1 strokes gained per round. Obviously, he won at Riviera this year. Um, he's finished T6 at the Memorial. He's had a top five at the Century Tournament of Champions. So, no, I'm not actually – like, I didn't actually change anything financially with Joaquin Neiman when I saw the tee times. I just got less excited about it. Hey, Gr uh, hey, hey, Grick. Hey, Rick. Great expanded content this week. Who do you like better, Luke List, early, late, or HV3, late, early? Are you concerned with the afternoon wins? All right. We are now entering the wind segment of the show. So um, when all the other wind question comes, co come in later, say go to the 11 and a half minute mark. That's, that's when we can go through all the wind questions. So as of right now, and if you want to show, um, so here's wind finder, which I like to use. So I like to use wind finder and cause it shows you like the hour by hour. So as of right now, it looks like it could be a little wet on Thursday morning, right? But by the time those guys get out on the course, it's probably not going to rain. That's good. And then it looks like it's going to be pretty dry for the rest of the week. Then you look at the wind. Okay, well, here is, you know, Friday, uh, Friday morning. Friday looks pretty clean. And then, or excuse me, Thursday looks pretty clean. And then Friday morning, once you start to get to like noonish, the wind starts to kick up to about 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 miles an hour. If that stands, that could imply a wind, um, a, a wave advantage, right? So I would kind of prefer at the moment, Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Now, is it going to be two shots? I don't know. That feels like a lot, especially considering that all day Friday might be quite windy. Right. So I'm not, I'm not going crazy with this, but I would slightly prefer the, um, afternoon morning wave. 
Win Finder is also amazing. So what I did is I zoomed in on Augusta National, and I'll just try to make this as big as possible here. This allows you to see the direction uh, it, basically in real time, and then you could also look at it for the future as well. So if we go to 4.8, which is Friday, you're still going to get that um, you know westerly wind, but it's at 16 miles an hour at 11 a.m. You go to 2 p.m., they still have it around 16. What about 8 a.m., 13? Like I, I think there's a scenario in which all of Friday is quite windy and there's not a huge wave advantage. That's kind of the way I feel at the moment. Um, the other things are this tool right here is going to be awesome for prize picks, right? Cause prize picks has like four or five different single holes that you can do. And what I'm going to do is basically look at this, see which direct, I mean, look, it's listed out, right? I mean, T olive is number one. That's that's right here. Uh, pink dogwood is number two. That's the part five that dog legs left. Uh, then you go over to flowering peach, uh, which is right. So here, here, go back towards here, then flowering crab apple, then magnolia, right? Then juniper. So it's, it's all listed out for you here. We know exactly what holes these are. We'll be able to see which ones are playing longer, shorter against the wind. If guys faded, if that's going to be a problem, we're going to make a ton of money on prize picks with this. I, I guarantee it. They're, they're not doing the research we're doing. Use the code Rick. Go get your money all settled up. 100% instant deposit match. The link is in the description. You have to. We're going to kill them. While JT's putting does look better, he does not seem to drop putts in the distance of 10 and 15 feet. Any concern with the flat stick for JT? Of course. That's like the whole gig, right? The whole gig is JT's con uh, issues with the flat stick. Uh I, I don't know. I, I think I think eventually he's going to make enough putts and he doesn't have to make all the putts to to contend here. Let me see what he did last year. So if you're looking and I've gotten a lot of questions about this, um, I do have the strokes gain metric breakdown from last year. That is not that's not available. It's not official. Uh, I, I de uh, Nelson Adcock helped me with this, right? He calculated all of this and it's shot by shot. So I stand by these numbers, but these are not official numbers. Uh, JT gained a stroke putting last year, right? So maybe he knows something about these greens that we're not giving him enough credit for. Hey, Rick, Sportsbook has a fun bet. Betting outright and get paid for every bird or eagle that that player makes win or lose. Oh, God. Who comes to mind as a good bet? So I don't know... Like, are there if there are different odds for some of these guys? Because obviously, some guys are going to be making uh, a lot more birdies than others. There's kind of a couple ways to do this. Go to the Holy Grail. Um, uh, I could you could just go to the go down here and say, okay, you know, last whatever number of rounds, last 40 rounds, birdie or better. Cam Smith, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantlay. Um, Webb Simpson's 40 rounds that goes back a lot further because he was hurt for a while. Some of the value guys, Cam Young makes a ton of birdies. Harold Varner the third makes a ton of birdies. Seamus Power, Kevin Knob make a ton of birdies. They kind of give them back a little bit, but uh, I would recommend that you use that tool to find your big time birdie makers. Favorite play from the exactly 6200 or $6,300 range. Interesting. Um, I would say. Oh God, it's such a bad range. Maybe, oh God, I don't know, man. Maybe Mac Hughes. I'm not thrilled with that. I'm really not. I'm not thrilled with any of these guys. Hudson Swafford. I, I hate both of them, but that's the question.
Rick, I asked uh, you about our guy, Seamus Power, at the WGC match play a couple weeks ago, and he only lost to the number one player in the world. This guy can compete. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to win at 175 to 1, Phil, but I, I think that he is certainly capable, right? I mean, the bottom 15 or 18 guys in this field are just not going to make the cut. They're past champions, they're amateurs, they're whatever. So I think there's obviously a path for him to find the weekend. And we just saw it. He makes a lot of birdies. Uh, I think when he's on, his skill set is kind of a high ceiling upset or a, a skill set. So I, I do think it is interesting. Uh, it's a stacked field, though. I don't know what it is. His upside's like T18, something like that. Um, let me indeed uh, remind you uh, that this is brought to you by Jock market. That is stock market DFS. They've gone bonkers with this, right? It's like Robin hood and the, and sports, but like not the Robin hood that like screws everybody and like shuts down, you know, GameStop trading and all that jazz, like the good version of Robin hood. Um, it's so well executed. So right now, right now you can bid on shares of golfers. And if you are the high bidder, when this thing closes at about 9 PM Eastern time tonight, those shares are allocated to you. Then you can sell them at some point at any, at any point during the tournament, you can short shares of golfers. They're giving away prizes. If you make the best trade throughout the week, they're giving away prizes, cash prizes. If you make the worst trade of the week to put this into perspective, Hideki Matsuyama last year was $6 and five cents a share got the full payout for $25 a share. Will Zalatoris finished second. He was 556, paid out 20 bucks. Um you can buy as much or as little as these guys as you want. You can buy one share, you can buy 1000 shares, you can buy uh 100 guys. Or I guess you can't buy 100 guys this week, but you can buy 50 guys. Uh you kind of create your portfolio any way you want. It's really really fascinating stuff. You can use the code RICK for a $50 deposit bonus. There's a link in the description. I love what these guys are up to. I know course history hasn't been great for Billy Ho, but do you think he's a different player now? Let's look. So the best way to, that I can consider if Billy Ho is kind of a different player is to go to the power rankings, right? Like, let's just look at his last 50 rounds. And this does have, what I love about my power rankings is I, rickrungood.com, it's not just PGA Tour, but it's got Corn Ferry, it's got European, it's got Senior Tour stuff. It's got match play stuff. So Billy Horschel, I believe, is accurately represented on rickrungood.com. I have him as the 12th best golfer in this field in the last 50 rounds. So that's that's kind of how I feel about Billy. Let's see what it is if we use the weighted stats. That is the um, using the, the strength of field amongst other factors. Uh, you know, you don't get as much credit for winning the Barbasol as you do the U.S. Open. And still, Billy Horschel is 18th. So he's being priced way below all of that. Uh, you're right. Not great course history, but here we are. Uh, do you think Matt Fitzpatrick will do well this week? Yes. I, I think the harder it gets, the better for Fitzpatrick. He's been a top 10 machine. No problems there. Could you please run down the ownership in each one of the tiers? Sure. So I reran this this morning. Um, so in the 10K range, I believe the... Two most popular golfers are Justin Thomas and John Rahm, 27 and 21 per, uh, percent respectively. Scotty Scheffler has dropped since my first initial run on this on, on Monday. He's now about 8% with Morikawa, Victor, and Rory gaining a little bit of steam, but still very much a fraction of what the other two are. Cam Smith, easily the most popular golfer in the 9K range with Brooks Kepka right behind. The 8K, and I argued this on Monday, um, the 8K range is where all the leverage is at. The 8K range is where the money is going to be won, okay? 
because you have Tiger in that range and you have a lot of guys that people don't want to play. Sam Burns is coming out as the most popular along with Joaquin Neiman. Everybody else, you can pretty much get decent leverage on. 7K, everyone's playing Corey Connors, although that number's dropping a little bit. We're seeing a little bit of love for Fleetwood and a little bit of love for Fitzpatrick at the top. We're seeing a little bit of love for Homa and Siwoo and Cameron Young down at the bottom. And then the 6K range is uh, looking towards, uh, I believe, uh, Gary Woodland a little bit, Brian Harmon a little bit, Thomas Peters and Tom Hoagie a little bit. That's about it. 6K range, you can pretty much get whatever you want under 10%. Is it possible to work course history and comp course history into the custom model? Uh, yeah. So you should wait till you see the next version of the custom model. It's going to blow your freaking brain out, Jim. Uh, Nick says, thank you for basically 24-7 coverage of the Masters this weekend. Yeah, no worries. I uh, did the ownership question. Okay, so there's a super. There's some super chats I got to get to here. I'll do my best. Spiky haired ninja. Thank you for the super chat. Never uh, required. Always appreciated. What are your thoughts on Tommy Fleetwood? Also McIntyre or Luke list. So my, my thoughts on Tommy Fleetwood are, are generally quite low. Not low. I just think like the good versions that we've seen of Tommy Fleetwood have been at events that he should have been good. Like the Florida events. So I don't know how excited I can be that he's playing his best at a place that I think he should. Let me show you something on Robert McIntyre. And I was talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, Robert McIntyre, for those of you who don't know, uh, generally plays on the DP World Tour. That's where you're going to see the vast majority of his results. Um, but he's got a couple of top 15s before he came over to the PGA Tour, finished T15 at the Genesis, did not make it out of his group at the match play, and he played okay to a T35 at the Valero. Watch this. He has played in, I believe, seven major championships so let's do masters u.s open open championship and pga championship he's got uh one two three four five six seven starts has never missed a cut he has two top tens in the open championship he has a 12th place finish at this event last year uh a couple of other decent finishes at like the u.s open and pga championship he drives it far enough there's kind of a lefty little narrative with this guy i I'm pretty pretty bullish on on Robert McIntyre. Let me run through um, those super chats because they are. Uh, I certainly don't want them to be be overlooked here because I do appreciate it. Uh, Zach says Cam Davis whisper. Any thoughts on using him as a cheap punt play? He's got the length and ac accuracy is de-emphasized. Yeah, so um, Cam Davis hasn't been great as of late, but this is definitely. Guys that hit it far and generally inaccurate, him, uh, Gooch to an extent, they're, they're definitely more valuable this week uh, because of the lack of rough and the wide fairways. So I, I don't mind that at all. It's not really bomb and gouge, but hey, close enough. Uh, next up on the Super Chat. Oh, oh my God, this is a big one. Lunchable, that's a huge one. Thank you. Dude, your bracket challenge helped me get first in a 500-person league. Appreciate the videos. Now I have some cash to play for the Masters. Yeah, uh, I cannot wait for the victory lap on my bracket video next year. Here's a sneak peek. Don't drag me till my champ is dead. Don't come back on Thursday when we're 7 and 16 in the 5th percentile and act like it's over when the champ is still alive. Kansas goes all the way. Thanks, Lunchable. Um, let's see what else we've got. Oh boy. I'm making a lot of people money. Apparently it's not me. You guys had to make the picks. Jim Steele says you want me $300 on March Madness. Corey just sent a $50 super chat with no question. You guys are absolutely nuts. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you so much for all the support. Let me get back in line here. I answered that. I answered that. I answered that. Um, 
again, Josh, so so I'll kind of loop back to that wind question that we talked about the, about like the eleven minute mark. There is there is a reasonable expectation that all of Friday is going to be quite windy. I don't know if it's just going to be the afternoon Friday that gets the brunt of it. Like 75% of that day or 80% of that day or even 100% of that day might be quite windy. So I'm not making huge adjustments based on that. I'm just kind of breaking ties and I'll keep an eye on it over the course of the next couple of days. What do you think about Cam Young is the question from Adolescent Yoda. Do you think he contributed in DFS this week? Um, I believe that he can. Like Cam Young is the real deal. If you've ever seen him hit a golf ball or you ever looked at his stat profile, you'll realize he's the real deal. And it's kind of a, a quick emergence on the scene. He hits it so far. I believe distance is going to be a, a huge attribute this week. Am I worried that he's playing there for the first time? Sure. But at a flat $7,000, if you can get me this, a guy who gains four or five strokes off the tee, my God, I've got the, the comp at Riviera where he finished runner up. Let's go fire me up some cam Smith. Rick, what's your handicap? Uh, currently a seven and a half, Ben Gooch or Kim in large GPPs. Uh, I believe the answer is Gooch. He is going to be likely your leverage play. Does Hoagie have what it takes to pop and don a green jacket? Um, probably not. And that's not a knock on Hoagie. I, I love the guy. I love what I've seen from him. It's different here. And it's a very short list of guys that can win it. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am. Last guy in in a $1,600 single entry, Finau, Hatton, or Henley. I would go with Hatton. Hey, Rick, do you weigh course history or recent form more? Uh, almost always recent form for me. However, if there was one place in the world in which I would say course history is, is important or maybe more important, it would be here. We just see it. The, da the data backs it up. The course plays so consistent most years. You get a very, very similar field each and every year. Uh, I think I'd be closer to course history here than anywhere else. Hey, Rick, you know what's coming? What's the betting card this week? All right. So I guess finally somebody asked me. Um, let me pull this up so I can get the, the correct odds. So a couple of caveats here. Don't bet what I bet. This is what I bet. Spend your own money, right? I don't care what you do. You shouldn't care what I do. Uh, but I'll tell you what I have wagered. And I will warn you, I have uh, a couple of futures from before. So I got uh, Victor. I got Victor in two, two situations uh, earlier this year, one at 30 to one and one at 27 to one. So I, I'm entering the week with those. I also kind of as a joke in, when did I place this? November. Holy crap. I placed this in November. I got Tiger at 125 to one. So now that that's like 60 or 50, I'm pretty happy, but that was mostly just like, I hope this comes true. Okay. Uh, I also have Tiger to make the cut. I've got Tiger to play, which seems like that's going to cash. So here we go. At the top, Justin Thomas, I got it 14 to one. Brooks Kepka, I got it 23 to one. I then went for uh, Adam Scott at 63 to one. Gary Woodland at 82, Joaquin Neiman at 60, Taylor Gooch at 145. That's my card. I'm probably getting better odds than you are because I'm doing it at Circa. That's my card. Take it for what it's worth. If you want to get involved, go to rickrungood.com slash bets. Uh, you can use a promo code and get access to lots of great offers. Also, my friends in Ontario, apparently you are now on board. So congrats. Welcome. rickrungood.com slash bets. Click Ontario. Move on. Thank you.
Do you know last year's optimal lineup? I probably tweeted it out. Uh, if you give me, all right, watch this. I'm going to take five seconds. Five seconds. Rick Run Good Optimal Masters. Search on Twitter. Rick Run Good Optimal Masters. Okay, I can tell you from two years ago, it was so from Tiger's year, or I guess three years ago. Tiger's year, it was Tiger, Kepka, Xander, Webb, like Justin Harding, 49,900. 2021, here we go. Uh, Hideki, Xander, Zalatoris, Spieth, Connors, Rose. It cost $49,100, 589 points. Here's the cheat code. Go into Twitter, search, type in Rick Run Good Optimal, and you'll see like all the optimals that I post every single week. And if you type in Rick Run Good Optimal Masters, uh, you'll see multiple years. I don't know what happened in 2020. I guess I didn't tweet it, but uh, I've got 2021 and 2019 in there. Jay says, hey, Rick, great content. You're the man. Thank you. Thoughts on Cantlay? Um, I want to believe, right? Back on bent grass for the first time in a while. One of the few guys that can just get like a really scorching hot putter. One of the few guys who can consistently gain strokes across the board. I think he's being a little bit too um, overlooked considering the fact he's only had three bad starts. And I could, could you even argue that a T33 at Genesis is bad? Misses the cut at the players, which was pretty darn ugly because I think he got the right side of the draw that week and he lost five strokes in the ball striking categories. And then he gets knocked out of the match play, which is like, okay, does anybody really care? So I think he's probably the guy I'm most worried about winning and um, me not having a part of it. What do you think about JJ Spawn coming off a win and his top 10 chances? I do not. Does watching, holy shit, my wife just asked me the same thing, which is probably not great. Does watching the part three contest make you want kids as much as it does for me? Uh, no. So I do not want children. Luckily, my wife, uh, producer Mina, feels the same way. Uh, but I was like, oh, that's cute. Kisner's kid, like swinging that golf club. And she was like, do you want kids? And I was like, no, no, no. I just want to watch someone else's kids hit golf balls on TV once a year. That's, that's what I want. How's it going, Rick? Long-time listener and just wondering your thoughts on JJ. No, I, I think I clicked the same guy twice. Most likely to make the cut out of Rose, McIntyre, Hughes, Champ, Woodland. Uh, Woodland's playing the best. Rose has probably the best history. One of those two, Woodland. I'm playing cash and have Spieth as my most expensive player. I'm not a cash guy, but having Spieth as your most expensive player feels like it might not be the best idea. Um, I've answered a lot of these. I'm gonna okay. Uh, our uh, Mark wants to know what produces me. Producer Mina's picked a win is she'll slack me and then I'll let you know. Answer a lot of these. Do you think troll friends have the ability to mush bets? Mine don't think so. Uh, no, Adam Scott. She always picks Adam Scott. Why do we keep asking her when she picks Adam Scott every single time? She's just picking the best looking guy. That's not, that's not fair. Okay. What two guys do you like in the mid to high $7,000 range? All right. Let's, um, let's look together. So mid to high sevens. So that would be, let's call it web to answer. Uh, I think in a vacuum it's Fitzpatrick and Connors. If you're trying to play the ownership game, 
it's probably man i mean rose would not be mm, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna retract that statement i think it's still i think it's still fitzpatrick it's a pretty it's a pretty really it's a really ugly spot Hey, Rick, first time maxing 150 lineups. What's your preferred strategy in approaching lineup construction? Do you five choose five favorites uh, to win and build out from there or build in more variety? This is all, so much of personal preference of like how much risk you want to take on or how risk adverse you are. Um, I would build kind of like 20 or 30 lineup cores of guys and get like a lot of exposure to them in like 30 lineups, like lock them in, um, you know, two guys, maybe in each core and then kind of build out from there. I would build some wave stacks. I, I would just build like lots of different ways to get there. I would build like 30 lineups of bombers. I would build like some lineups that are kind of more, maybe some wedge guys in case it plays super long and soggy. Like I would just think of different paths of success and I would build lineups um, in blocks accordingly. Hey, Rick, hear me out. Max Homa is JT light, more accurate with the driver, less dialed on approach, but when he puts, he puts thoughts. Eh, bit of a stretch, although Homa's not bad. It's hard to compare anybody to just, just Thomas is elite and he wins a lot. So it's really hard to compare. Is it just me or is Xander flying under the radar a bit? Great course history and puts very well on lightning fast Bermuda. No doubt about that. Um, I just, I just think his upside is a bit capped. Isn't it like I, he's the most likely guy to finish between T eight and T 12, like every single time. Um, I've answered a lot of these, so I'm just going to continue to go answer a lot of these actually, which is good. That's a good sign. Cause I'm like way behind on, 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 uh, questions here. Good day, Rick. Can we get the ownership on the nine K and up the Pat Mayo show was great. And lineup builds on course history. Are lineup builds on course history better or consistent play a better way to build? Uh, this week, you could go course history more frequently. Um, uh, I would go with, with recent form. Will you be providing unofficial strokes gain data this year? That is the plan. Hey, Rick, what's your best bet? I'm looking to throw down some money on a risk-free bet. Um so I think I would look a lot at Rory's situations. Um, whether so, there are some matchups out there where Rory is even money against. I want to say Scotty and somebody else, uh, maybe JT. That to me is kind of silly, right? Like Rory is a, a, almost a top ten lock. If it plays wet, that's better for him. We've seen that even when he plays himself out of the event. On Thursday, he is capable of top tenning. So I I think do I think Rory's gonna win? Probably not, but I think he's being like because people think he doesn't he's not gonna win, he's being way undervalued in all the other markets. So I would consider um I would consider Rory Rory markets. Cam Young or Molinari, Cam Young. This might be a big boy course for for Molinari. Since the wind will be blowing. Do you take shots uh, gained around the green more and who would be best in that category? All right, so we can look at the field in terms of um, around the green numbers. So let's do last 50 rounds around the green for Bob. This is an okay strategy. It's not my favorite, but it's not the worst. Last 50 rounds, 
Tommy Fleetwood, Danny Willett, Scotty Scheffler, Sung J.M., Kevin Na. Those are your top five. Cam Smith is next. Taylor Gooch there as well. I mean, Taylor Gooch just pops up on a lot of these little different ways. Like the different paths to success, when you start thinking about them, a lot of them apply to Taylor Gooch, except for the experience factor, which is obviously, you know, whatever. Did you do the Golf Digest content where you list the picks to win, safe upside, and fade? Yeah, that's been live since Monday, I believe. So that's available. Uh, let's have the tiger talk. Okay. Let's have the tiger talk. Would you take Burns or Hatton over tiger and DFS? Let's, let's, let's do the tiger talk. Um, I have bet tiger to play a week ago and I bet him to make the cut. That is my exposure to tiger. And I think he can do that. And I think he can kind of do it pretty easily. The, the everything's there for tiger, right? Body looks good. Consensus is the game looks sharp. No problem. Playing him in DFS is where I draw the line. $8,500 for a guy who hasn't played competitively in 17 months when a Sam Burns, a Sung JM, and Adam Scott, all these guys are around him. And the 8K range is the ultimate leverage range now, even more so because Tiger's playing. Um, I cannot actually play Tiger in DFS. Like if I was playing 150 lineups, sure. But anything single entry, anything like three max or 20 max, I think it's wrong. If if he wins, amazing. I think he's going to make the cut. I think he's going to play well. I don't think you can play him in DFS, especially because the most logical outcome is that he plays well early and fades on the weekend. That's the most likely outcome. Just saying. Uh, so Matt, I'm a little bit concerned about Webb, and I can show you this. Like I, I I've called Webb like the X factor this week because he's been so good at Augusta national, even in years that he shouldn't have contended. But if we're assuming that Webb is healthy, which I haven't heard anything otherwise after taking that break, like this is not Webb. Webb from fairway through green uh, used to be just like absolutely elite. Look at all this green, look at his approach play around the green putting. This is the way to get it done. And even when he was losing strokes off the tee, it was fine. Now he's not making up for it in the rest of his game. So I will, um, Sadly, take a pass on Webb Simpson. Best picks for a first-round leader, AM or PM wave advantage. So just in general, more of the um, first-round leaders come out of the morning, like 55% come out of the morning than, than in the afternoon, um, just because of foot traffic and usually softer greens and all that stuff. The other thing is uh, I think the conditions on Thursday are all generally going to be the same for everybody, so I'm not super concerned. First round leaders, um, all first round leaders dating back to 2008 or first round stats. John Rahm is gaining over two strokes per round, almost two and a half strokes per round in the first round since 2008. That is by far better than everybody else. Notice that Justin Rose is also on this list. Justin Rose is fifth. 1.5 strokes gained per round dating back to 2008. Maybe I should close that up a little bit just because like you can look recently. Um, it hasn't been as good for Rose, so he might be getting a lot of credit. But before I change that, let me just show you first-round leaders at Augusta National or first-round players. Justin Rose, 13 trips. Look at this. Look at his last – oh, my God. Okay, so gained six strokes in 2018, three in – what is that? 2013, plus six, plus five, plus four, plus four and a half, plus nine and a half. Guy gets off to a hot start around Augusta National nearly every single year. Let me close up. The just I'll just do like the last couple of years here for first round play. Rom still number one, Cantley number two, Louis Xander. Yeah, you'll see um 
Rose actually falls on this a little bit. He actually has been worse more recently, but that Augusta stuff is there. Uh, I've answered a lot of these. Why are you fading Neiman? Uh, just because he's in the tie group. So I, I'm not. I haven't. I, I was saying earlier. I haven't changed my. I haven't really changed my thoughts about this. I just got less excited about it. I mean, playing with Tiger's hard. Playing anywhere around Tiger's hard. There's just a lot of people moving around, and there's just a lot of Tiger hits, and everyone runs away to get to the next hole, and it's kind of just like an awkward situation. But I'm not. I'm just less excited about it. I've not changed my exposure. I've read off my betting card, and he's on there. And I bet him after the tea times came out, so I knew it. Uh, what's your take on weather? Go back to the like the ten and a half minute mark. Is Morikawa still the least owned of the ten k guys? Uh, close, probably him. Yeah. So technically, I, I I currently have him as the lowest owned. He's at like ten and a half percent. Victor at like twelve. DJ at like thirteen with Rory. So it's it's close between those guys. But yes, I still currently have. Um, uh, Morikawa as the last guy. Hey, Rick, will you be happy when the Masters is over? I see you online more than Will Smith. <laughs> um, no, I will not be happy when it's over. Uh, this is no. I listen. This is my hobby. I do this for a living. I love this. Right? Like I'm like. Of course, I love the Masters. I I think I've done a good job this year of making my schedule a little bit better. I know I'm still doing a lot of stuff, but. Historically, I've been more burned out on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of Masters Week. I don't feel that this time around. Hey, Rick, rank these three, Bubba, Leishman, and Homa. Leishman, one, Homa, two, Bubba, three. Um, thoughts on Kevin Na? I think it's a really long course for him, but if it does get hard and you get to the around the green stuff, you saw him there, and he is one of the few players that can actually play like way over his head and win. I don't mind Kevin Na at all. Is it a good idea to use all lefties? Uh, no. One, because I think there's only five in the field. Or if there's six, you might have to use Mike Weir, right? So we've got we've got Bubba. We've got Weir. We've got, oh, man, Sung J.M.'s dad. Wow. Sung J.M.'s dad just took a shot at the par three, and he stuffed it to, like, four feet. That was so good. What a ball. Oh, that's so good. Uh, so you've got, like, Bubba, Bobby Mack, Harmon, um, Higo, and Weir, I think, are the only five in the field. So I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to work. Um, I'm just reading some of these questions. Some of them are pretty funny. I've answered a lot of these, so I'm just going to continue to go. Uh, Fred couple said tiger is bombing the ball. Does that change your mind on adding him to a few more lineups? No, listen, I've I'm tiger was bombing it in, in December, 171 miles an hour at PNC. 174 this week, probably gets to 175, 176. That's well above tour average. I'm not concerned about Tiger's fit, fitness of golf, right? Um, I'm concerned about the competitive rounds. I'm concerned about any starting and stopping this week. I'm also concerned that even when you get into competitive play, like I guarantee you he makes a sloppy bogey or sloppy double somewhere or multiple times this week just because it's it's different. And I still think he can find success this week, but I think success is him making the cut and finishing 41st. Answered a lot of the ownership questions, so I'm moving along. Um, 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 I'm in a pool. Oh, I have heard all the different pool types this week, by the way. You guys are sick with the type of pools you get into. 
I'm in a pool of about 150 others where we pick any six golfers and take the four best scores. Can you help me with a couple contrarian picks? You can pick any six. Um, all right. Well, I mean, most people should just pick Scheffler, Rom, DJ, more like, right? So I would say if you want to be a little bit different, uh, work in the guys like in the hot and the low nines, high eights, like your Will Zalatoris's, your Shane Lowry's, your Louis Oosthuizen's. Although if you're only taking the four best, you should probably be looking for some really high upside guys like Bryson or Hideki. That would be pretty scary stuff. Even like a, um, I mean, Joaquin Neiman would be pretty good or Terrell Hatton is pretty, is pretty high upside. I don't know. You guys have some crazy pools. <laughs> but Rick, a golfer played really good in the wind one round years ago. How could I not play him? Don't, don't trigger me. Don't trigger me. Lots of questions that I've answered. This is okay. 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 Uh, nope, nope, nope. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Not that one. I've answered all of these. I've answered all of these. Come on. What do we got? Okay. Siwoo Kim. Let's do the Siwoo Kim. Uh, quite bullish on Siwoo. And I will warn you all. I have not, I'm not very good at picking when Siwoo is going to be good or not. Like I'm not, I've gotten him wrong probably more than anybody. Uh, but here's what I see from a straight metrics perspective. The dude is awesome off the tee, right? He's gained strokes off the tee every event dating back to Summit Club, which was last October. Uh, the approach play can be all over the place. That's not a bad thing. You also see that he's pretty tidy around and on the greens. Finished, what, 12th here last year? I believe Siwoo Kim is a fairly good play. I think he's more risky than a lot of the guys in his in his areas, but like, this is a really good stat profile. And if I just covered up the name Siwoo Kim, I think you'd be pretty excited about it. And I think you would, for good reason, be pretty excited about it. Okay, this is probably just a good question. Kevin, let's just do what were the strokes gained last year, right? Like, I'll just do that question. So uh, we can look at everybody. So let's do 2021, um, everybody from the Masters last year. And I could just do guys in this field. I imagine a lot of them are just going to be back, right? Uh, let's just do guys in this field. Strokes gained. Oops, I'm doing it by round. Sorry, apologies. Let me try this again. So 2021, guys in this field at the Masters, we're going to look at the strokes gained. And we're going to sort by total. So here we go. All right. Hideki gained across the board. No surprise there. Zalatoris also gained across the board. Gained 6.8 strokes in the ball striking category. That's a ton. Gained six strokes with the putter. Does he do that again? I have no idea. But 6.8 in ball striking is like the fifth best mark. Siwoo Kim gained seven strokes in the ball striking categories last year. And that's with losing a shot and a half. So Siwoo Kim was second Third best in strokes gain approach behind Corey Connors and Mark Leishman. Shane Lowry, Patrick Reed also up there along with Jordan Spieth. Guys that putted well. Zalatoris number one. Holy crap. Patrick Reed, Justin Rose, Kevin Nod, Jason Kokrak are all up there. Kokrak putted well, lost six strokes on approach, finished 49th. Guys off the tee. Let's look at that. Rom. Cam Smith, Victor. Victor lost five strokes on approach. That's weird. Zalatoris finished runner uh, uh, runner up, gains 4.7 strokes. Fitzpatrick was good in both the ball striking categories. So there you go. We could go through this all day long, but um, 
go to rickrunningood.com. Go to the Holy Grail. You can look at all the strokes gained for everybody. Skipped my question, my valid question, but read some guy who spammed a bunch of stupid questions. Love it. Dude, it's called Rick Run Good. It's not called Pocket Aces Run Good live chat. Like, there's a billion questions in here. I'm going to answer the ones that I want. That's kind of how this works. Um, let's see. Any fun placing a bet on Harry Higgs? That would be fun. I do not believe it would be profitable. Can ne- Langer is top 10 in your power rankings? Really? Uh, so use the weighted rankings because what that does, uh, listen, I've got all the data, right? So that's his champions tour data. So if you use the weighted strokes gained, uh, that will penalize him severely, obviously, because it is uh champions tour. So it's the same thing for the PGA tour, right? If somebody goes out and plays the best at Punta Cana and uh, Puerto Rico, they're getting the same raw strokes gain total as everybody else is at the U S open and the masters, right? So use the weighted stuff. That's why it exists. How do you feel about starting your outright card um, with Jordan Spieth at 22 to one? So I, I think it's a pretty compelling case for Spieth. Obviously I don't need to recite you the, the course history. So I, I won't. Um, but what we have is a situation where he's actually hitting the ball pretty well, right? Six consecutive events. He gained strokes, great gain strokes on approach. Not always a ton, but he played well at Pebble beach, played well at Valero with the, with the ball striking numbers. Horrible with the flat stick. If I'm asking, if I'm asking Jordan Spieth to fix his putter at Augusta National, I don't think it's that big of an ask. So I'm kind of in on it. I think he's very, very volatile, but I, I think I'm in on it. Um. What was the total ownership of the winning lineup last year? Do I have that? Uh, I don't have it handy. I thought I did. I don't know. Again, it was Woods. Well, actually, I guess we can just. Oh, no, sorry. Last year? Sorry. Last year was Hideki. Okay, so let's do this. I think I have this, actually. Let me just check real quick. Uh, Masters. Let me just make sure I have this. 2021 Masters. Do I have it? Okay, I do. So um, it was. Let's see. So Hideki, let me share my screen here. Hideki was uh, 7%. Xander was 11. So what are we up to now? 18 or 19? Will Zalatoris was 14. So we're up to 33-ish. Jordan Spieth was in it. He was 33. So double it. We're at like 66. Corey Connors was 21. So that's like 87. And Justin Rose was 2.8. So we're at like 90, uh, which is honestly higher than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but we've seen actually chalk has been pretty darn good at Augusta national for the last couple of years. I want 300 bucks in NCAA. Thanks. Cool. I love that. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. do you like starting a lineup with Scheffler and Lowry? Okay. Like both of those guys, I think you'll be unique. I don't think people are go. A lot of people are going Scheffler Lowry. I think they're going someone else in the 10 K JT, uh, Rom, Rom, and then going down to Camp Smith. So I think you'll be a little bit different. I don't mind that. Lowry's sneaky good here. Sneaky good. If you had to choose pimento cheese or egg salad, I'd, um, 
I'm like, I got like a, a, a dairy issue. So neither of these are, are very good for me. I don't, I don't do dairy. So that's, that's going to be tough. I feel like Brant, Brant does this every week. Just a sup, Rick. Sup, Brant. Thanks for helping me win March Madness. Thank you. Which of the top price guys are you most concerned about missing the cut? All right. This is actually a, a pretty good question too, because I know there are a lot of like, um, you know, to make the cut, to miss the cut props. So you can go out there and you can kind of put some of these together. I think the most logical outcomes, and I said this last year, and I got absolutely flamed for this. Bryson DeChambeau, and he made, made the cut on the number last year, right? So um, Bryson hasn't played well. He's hitting it all over the yard. I think that's the most logical guy of the top guys to miss the cut. Other guys that I would be worried about, obviously Hideki. We have no idea on what his status is or what his health situation is. Um, I'm trying to think if any of the big boys could actually miss the cut here. I don't. I mean, I don't want to give you a hot take just to give you a hot take. I, I don't necessarily see any of those big boys outside of maybe Hideki and Bryson actually missing the cut. What is the average finish of the defending champ over the years? I would have to go back and run the numbers. Best player. Oh, I answered that. Thanks for the great content as always. Am I crazy uh, for how much I love Sungjae this week? Okay. I I think you could make the case for basically anybody in the $8,000 range. I think the $8,000 range is the money-making range, the pivot range. I, I, I think that's the, 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 the place that wins you all the money. Am I a little bit concerned about this from Sungjae, which is three in a row losing off the tee, although one was the match play and the other was the players? Am I a little bit concerned about that? Kind of. Am I a little bit concerned that he's lost on approach in four straight? Kind of. Um, but this that's not unusual for Sungjae, right? He kind of goes through these stretches. So here's another stretch from early last year where he just out of the blue loses strokes on approach in like seven straight. And then he'll eventually just find it, right? And he finds it at the RBC Heritage and he finishes T13. It's, it's, here's another stretch. He just loses strokes on approach in four straight misses another cut to PGA and then top tens at Wyndham. Like it's not, it's not entirely, here's another one, four straight. And then he finishes seventh at the RBC Canadian. It's not unusual for Sungjae to go through stretches like this and then flip the switch to, to, to think that I know when he's going to flip the switch. I, I don't, but it's not, it's not unusual. I'm building 20 lineups and I'm using 27 different players. Seems like too many. Should I cut back on players? Again, it's kind of personal preference. I feel like that's too many. Could you get to like 18? That'd be kind of cool. Um, I would, I would prefer that. What's your take on answer after the WD? So I think I can criticize the media kind of being part of it. The fact that I don't know what answer status is this week is bonkers, Right. The guy who was like the favorite to win last week withdraws. And I know there's a lot going on at the Masters and Abraham answer is not a storyline. Why don't I know? Why hasn't he been asked about this? Why, like, why don't I know if it was COVID or if it was an injury or anything like that? So I, I really don't know his situation. I think that um, the longer this course gets, the harder it's going to be for him. Arguably, if you look at his, um, if you look at his golfer profile, 
you know, I liked him last week, but I also think that I could have been wrong last week, even though he didn't play. So what you have is a situation where he hasn't really been all that good since FedEx, since he won the, the St. Jude event. And then he had a deep run at the match play. Well, the match play is like a kind of a really different animal. I would not have been all that surprised if he didn't play well at the Valero Texas Open, just because the match play could have been the outlier. So I'm not as excited to play him, but I should know. I should know. Hey, Rick, I'm new to your channel. Loving the coverage. I heard you say you're making a ton of play on prize picks. What are your three favorite plays for individual holes? Okay. Um, so real quick, and actually we'll probably go into overtime a little bit here. I can't leave 30 minutes worth of questions on the, on the thing here. So I'm going to get to these. Um, here's, here's a, a, I emailed this out. So I have a, I have a run good rundown. It's a newsletter that I send out and I actually really like the, um, I like the amen corner props quite a bit here, Daniel, because I think Amen Corner is going to play uh, quite difficult this year because they lengthen number 11. 11 is already a beast. Is Tiger playing the par three contest right now? It looks like he is. And it looks like he is. Is that from today? That looks like 12. Maybe they're showing highlights. Oh, maybe it's practice round stuff. Sorry. I'm not sure what they're showing right now. I wasn't paying attention. I was doing the live chat. Um, I would uh, like guys like, um, like Brooks Kepka has not had a good run at Amen Corner in general. He's gone over 11 and a half, 72% of the time. And I think it plays harder this year. I like that one a lot. Even Gary Woodland and Justin Thomas, like Amen Corner is very, very hard. And we're going to learn and we're going to know when we see the coverage start on Thursday morning and all that good stuff because there's Amen Corner covered. So I would focus on Amen Corner. And then what I'll do is I'll use this. I'll use the wind finder as we get closer to see which holes are playing more difficult, which holes are playing into the wind, stuff like that. Like, for example, 11, 12, and 13. So that's um, White Dogwood and Golden Bell. So they are down here on this corner. So here's White Dogwood. Then you go to Golden Bell. Then you come back up here to Azalea. So this is this is the corner of the property. Well, that is like dead into the wind on 11, dead into the wind on 12, and uh, 13. The the gettable hole, the wind is pushing you to the trees, to the 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 pine straw or whatever they call it there, the mulch. Like like I think that's gonna be a pretty tough little angle, isn't it? Like come on, come on, come on. Use the code Rick. Go make money on prize picks. Uh, there's another question here about prize picks. Uh, prize picks just pulled out of Ontario. Do you know any other good prop betting? No, but at least now you guys have sports books. Why are you fading Scotty Scheffler and DFS? Yeah. So I'll, I'll admit I've actually quite warmed up to Scotty over the course of the week. I, I don't know if what you're referring to amigo, maybe, a, a an article that I wrote for golf digest. Remember I wrote that article for golf digest, like Monday morning. And that was when I ran this, the, the numbers and Scotty Scheffler was like 19% owned. And with the long, really long kind of window that we have for this week. Um, that's changed. Scotty's now like 8%. I, I prefer, I much prefer him now. I'm not super excited about it, but I much prefer him now. $11,000 for the most expensive golfer is not that expensive. Lots of questions about Cam Young. I've answered that. Lots of questions about wind. I answered that. Um, Hatton's course history is one good start last year and then not very good before thoughts on tiger giving tips only to JT Eh, he's got to do what he does. Rick, you're in a fountain of actionable information. Why does Max Homa not move his arms when he walks? I'll ask him. Russell Henley and Billy Horschel are some of 
as some 7K guys. Concern for either. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I quite like both of them. Russell Henley hasn't played here in some time, uh, but when he did a couple of years ago, he's played well. He is a Georgia guy. He's a great ball striker. As he just needs to put four rounds together. If you look at like his last hundred rounds, Henley's been awesome. Billy's probably been better, especially when you start to weigh some of his victories and things like that. But um, he doesn't have the the good course history. It's just he hasn't been he hasn't been very good. I, I like both of them. I'm fine with it. Oh boy. Jordan's going to trigger me so hard. Can we compare the, this year to 2017 with the wins? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what the wins were in 2017. If we could find it, maybe, but there are some flaws uh, with that. I generally, I don't generally love taking a 6K debutante, but Straka has to rise to the attention, a bit of attention. I agree. I mentioned him earlier this week. Um, he's not as long as you think he is, which is a little bit concerning because he's kind of a big boy. But um, it, not only did he win recently, but he backed it up with the top 10 to players like a couple weeks after that. It's hard to win the first time and then play well immediately again. He did it in like the hardest field of the year. It's pretty, it's pretty big stuff. Oof. I feel like Corey Connors has been a guy nobody is talking about too much when he gained the most ball striking last year. Corey Connors is going to be one of the most popular golfers on the slate. Uh, that does not mean it's it's not warranted, right? Because he is, as you mentioned, a great ball striker, has uh, great form coming in, and also has got back-to-back -to -back top 10 finishes here at the Masters. But he has been 1,000% been talked about, and he will be one of the most popular golfers on the slate. Thoughts on, okay, this is actually a question that rarely comes up and I am dying to run the numbers on this, um, which actually I do have a, I do have a new podcast coming out 300 yards to unknown, probably coming out uh, tomorrow. I think Mina tomorrow where I dive into some of the questions that you guys asked, this would be a good one. The hedge says the th thoughts on playing tiger, Ustazen and Neiman to get very unique. I don't know if I have a thought about that. Uh, but I do like the idea of guys that play like, like groups can play well together and they can play poorly together. And I wanted to kind of run the numbers and see how often guys that play together, maybe all gain two strokes to the field or guys all lose together or two guys gain or one guy gain, right? Like I just kind of wanted to look at that and I've got to get around to it. It's a ton of data to sift through, but I, I like the idea I'm not sure if that's the the three guys this week that I would go with, but like, it's interesting. And I, I applaud you for the unique question. Can we talk about Henley? He has a surprisingly good course history, par five scoring strokes, gain approach. Yep. 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 Does he have it off the tee? What we want? Yeah. So just to circle back, <coughs> excuse me on Russell Henley here. Um, I'm quite bullish on him. Let's look at his actual offer profile here though, real quick. So, uh, distance, he's 106th, 30th in accuracy, which is kind of the opposite of what I'd like this week. But because he is such a strong approach player, literally number one on tour this season. And when you get to kind of, so what's going to happen for him is he's going to be so short that he's going to have to play from these like 75 to 100, 100 to 125 ranges quite a bit, especially on the three or on the fives. Um, and he's top 40 in both of those. I, I, I think there's a path to Henley getting around this place. Uh, notice that your prize pick tool doesn't necessarily show the same players offered on their site. Does it update at specific times? 
Yeah. So it's weird. So right now that's a tool that I just whipped up very, very quickly and they're changing lines and adding guys all the time and removing guys all the time. So I don't have a live feed just yet. Uh, I'm hoping to have that up and running. It's just like, there's a lot of manual stuff that still has to be done for it at the moment. But if you've noticed for the last couple of weeks, it's been improving constantly. So, um, that's good. Still like Finau over nine. I think it was over eight. Oh, okay. So you're asking, do you still like it over nine and Connors under 70 and a half? That's two under for Connors. Yeah, I don't mind that. What are, <laughs> uh, almost got me. What are the correlation of the par three winners with the tournament? Almost got me there. Uh, all right. We're running out of questions and I've uh, answered a lot of these. Isn't doing well in the par three contest a jinx? That's what they say. Nobody has ever won the par three contest and then the masters talked about Shane Lowry. Um, wow. Pri I did not see this yet. Prize picks has a holes played prop basically to make the cut or not. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Cause there you can get, so like, like I know in some places you can't get those, make the cut parlays, but I guess now you can on prize picks. That's kind of sick. Core plays. All right. I don't, I don't know. But like, if you made me have core plays, I would say um, at this point, again, I'm trying to win all the money here. Uh, Gooch. I'm taking the low ownership, baby. I'll galaxy my brain uh, myself into this galaxy brain myself into this. And then um, probably. Kepka. Mm. Again, I'm trying to win all the money. Okay, so thoughts on Daniel Berger are that um, I think this is a little bit long for him, and I wish he was playing a, just a hair better or just had a little bit of better history around here, but I am like a f 6 out of 10 on Berger. There's just other guys in that range I like I like more, unfortunately. Um, Lowry and Gooch or Zal, he's just kind of in an awkward, awkward spot. Uh, I think we're out of questions here. I think we are out of questions here. Talked about Sung Jay. Talk, I talked about all these guys a lot. Talked about all these guys a lot. Okay. I think that's good. Ladies and gentlemen, much appreciated. A little bit of overtime here. So just to put a bow on this, spend your money however you want, right? Don't listen to what I say. Listen to what you say. Take in all the research and understand what your goals are and set lineups and pick offers that uh, help you accomplish your goals. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you all that good stuff. Um, Power hour tonight for jock market. It's going to be the biggest cash market ever. We're giving out prizes. They're giving out prizes. It's a different way and actually a much more profitable way to gain access to kind of fantasy stuff. Uh, code is Rick. It's in the description. 8.15 PM tonight is the power hour. Other than that, enjoy the week guys. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for it. We're kicking off tomorrow morning. Tiger's playing golf. It's going to be amazing. I'll talk to you soon.